You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Sunny Side Up. I'm your host, Mithul Shah. Today, I'm super excited to talk to Jeff Richardson on a personalized go-to-market intelligence system. Jeff Richardson is a seasoned data and analytics executive leader with the cloud-first focus on evolving technology and trends. Over 17 years of amazing career, he has crafted result-driven strategy for growth and delivered outcomes which have helped achieve a leading position in cloud technology, record revenue, and significant user growth. Jeff, super excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So I remember, Jeff, when we were having the conversation, you know, about this whole go-to-market intelligence systems and people have kind of two camps, right? Build versus buy. It seems like you guys decided to go towards build, you know, strategy. Uh, And I'm seeing this more and more that a lot of the go-to-market teams have their own data science teams nowadays. Can you double click on that and say, what is the need for a go-to-market team to even have a data science team? Yeah, sure. So uh, as we had kind of touched on, right, I'm just starting in a new role now. So I'm going to answer some of these questions from my old role as the CDO of Bentley Systems and some of them in my new role are just like broadly speaking. So for this question, definitely going back to my my 17 years of experience here with Bentley. Um, So our go-to-market strategy there, we, we... Every company has unique data sets and unique data stores. Very few companies, I would say, are the the straight cookie cutter of of just generic information. So we certainly, we purchased various aspects of technology um, and then customized them to the point that I would say they became uniquely ours. So in all so very many cases to be effective in your in your go to market in your in your data strategy there um, you need to customize those things to to your business to be effective to be agile to be quick and to be accurate um, so definitely uh, we leaned towards the the build as much as we could on top of what we could buy mentality got it Got it. So, so when I when I talk to a lot of the you know a lot of the executive leaders, you know they they they, they you know they have a various theories around you know data and acquiring the data from outside and trying to match it up with the internal. Some of them think that you know they can just buy the intelligence from outside and execute you know on this. So in in your previous you know uh, experience with Bentley, you guys decided to go build your own, but I'm sure there was a thesis you know regarding that you know, one size does not fit all kind of data strategy, you know, as part of, was that the reason or, or there was something else um, you guys decided to kind of invest, you know, heavily on it? Yeah. So, so specific to like our go-to-market and our marketing strategy and data strategies, right? We were, we were an SAP shop. We had a lot of SAP tools, um, but as a software company that sold software to many, you know, millions of, of CAD users around the world, um, we, we had unique to us data uh, that didn't really fit itself well into any 
you know, single solution, right? So as an example, we, we had purchased SAP's marketing cloud solution and a lot of their data solutions for um, that. And we've tried this with lots of other companies trying to fit, for instance, our telemetry data of our software users uh, into any of those out of the box systems always became very difficult. So again, we would purchase like the platform and then customize it to get that data in um, quite a lot to the point where it was, it was essentially unique to what we did. Um, and then we would bolt on many other systems to those, those systems themselves. So for instance, for like our, our marketing cloud strategy, um, we actually built a separate data lake system to aggregate and build data sources, add a lot of intelligence, format it in a lot of like really useful ways. And then we would feed that, even that to customize data into customized attributes in our go-to-market systems and our marketing cloud systems, for instance. Got it. Got it. So was this thesis such a way that if I'm a sales rep or if I'm a marketing um, you know, professional, I can go and consume the system and ask questions to the system and system will just give me kind of almost like a Google kind of thing. It will give me the, the response to it. So I have great answers to this one. So in our marketing cloud system, in our segment system, we were getting to that point for sure. Um, it wasn't as adaptive as I would have liked for many people to consume it. You had to be well-versed and well-trained, not only in the system, but in the data to make any sense out of it. But as I was leaving Bentley, um, we had just begun a pilot with ThoughtSpot to do a very similar uh, exercise. And if you're not familiar with ThoughtSpot, ThoughtSpot is a data and analytics platform that is actually, their, their positioning is similar to that Google search bar. Um, you do all the work in the back end to build data models and associations and all kinds of very creative data things. Um, and then the user is presented with a very intuitive search that's very adaptive, very intelligent. And as you're typing things into the search box, it's bringing up results, it's showing you analytics, it's showing you insights, and you can essentially ask a native language question against that and then get back results. So our, our plan was to use that um, for our salespeople to add a lot of this marketing data, add a lot of other information and give them that one spot where they could go just ask very nice you know, normal questions into a search box and get back almost limitless amounts of analytics on that information. Got it. Got it. So going back to that, like, you know, business, like if you think about Bentley, you know, very complex business selling all, all different type of products in different areas, different geos. Was there any framework when you, so like if somebody's thinking about building this type of uh, go-to-market intelligence system, was there any framework that you use to build these type of systems? Um, not, I mean, I wish there was a framework that we had used that we could have actually copied as a good paradigm. Um, we really didn't find one that we loved that we were able to copy. We took a lot of, um, a lot of direction from, you know, industry leaders like, like, like the SAPs for data organization, but then also like the Gartners um, for insight into how that would work. Really, we tried to work backwards from, what does our marketing team, what does our sales team need to be successful? How do we deliver that information? Um, giving them the tools to go access that information as best we could, and then trying to build the systems underneath that to support those tools. So we really did try to take a, you know, user-facing, user-centric way um, of, of visualizing that and then building it backwards into what they had rather than from a framework up. Got it. Got it. So in, in, in that custom framework, right? I mean, were, were, were there, 
besides, of course, users uh, expectation, what users problem is, was there any specific ingredients, you know, that kind of went into building that framework? How does the framework work, essentially? Yeah, sure. So uh, one of the, the main the main things that we would put into that, again, is as a software company that sold software to end users in a true consumption model, um, our secret sauce to that was actually integrating in that telemetry data that we use to invoice our customers, um, integrating that data, the, 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 the company level aggregates of what was happening, and then the user level data as well to make our any, any go to market as effective as, as possible. So either direct marketing to people or go to market looking for, you know, that next customer or trying to cross sell someone. We were basing, I would say more than half of all of that intelligence on this, this custom telemetry data that we had using that as best as possible, right? Your market basket analysis, um, your, your gaps between users, right? Your, your kind of best profile if it's a person. Um, most of that framework we built with this custom data in custom ways and data structures. Uh, but that really made up like the backbone of the entire system. That's very interesting. So, you know, the system was kind of plugged into your telemetry data. So if somebody's not using your software for, I don't know, making stuff up for like a week, the email will kick off to them saying, hey, you know, we have introduced this new feature or there's something not working for you, or maybe somebody can engage with them, you know, to make sure that they're getting the best value out of the, out of the product with the bot. Yeah, so we were we hadn't gotten to that point yet um, in automation, but one of our 2019-2020 success stories was building that customized personal level automation. Um, we were really we had really really gotten good at that towards the end of 2020. So, as an example, if you for instance, you know, we're not using our software. One of our goals was eventually to say, "Are you having a problem? Like, can we help you?" Have like a success manager reach out to them. Um, what we found a ton of success with that I'm really proud of was, you know, we built software that people use to build hard infrastructure around the world, roads, bridges, buildings, and things. And those engineers, right, they, they might be using, um, you might have a structural engineer in India who's doing concrete design work on something. And every year, the Indian government changes the regulations and rules and what's safe to use in various um, industries. So our software has these, these packs um, of these algorithms inside them with the rules and the stress tolerances and things. So we could actually see through telemetry if somebody was using out-of-date codes. Um, and as, as customers of our software, if their company was under maintenance or whatever, they got these codes for free. So there was no nothing stopped them from downloading them, except they might not have known that the code for this thing had changed two years ago. Um, or they might not have just remembered to adapt their, their application to that new code. So we were able to run a bunch of um, processes that we actually automated now that sends out these alerts to engineers around the world that says, Hey, we know you're building this thing. We know you're doing it in this country. You know, by the way, you're using the codes from, you know, two years ago, here's the updated code pack for free. You know, just make sure you're using the most accurate stuff all the time. Um, and we were able to track that back to, you know, um, uh, open rates and like actual click through rates and like acceptance rates of the thing we were trying to do, like did we actually modify behavior? And we saw a 20 times increase in behavior modification, open open rates through click through rates to actually doing the thing that we asked them to do with that personalized information because you know by using the most intelligent way possible to communicate and find information and give it pinpoint to a person, um, like people were very very open to to actually changing that behavior. Wow, that's that's amazing. 
So how how can you do this for like 700 SKU, right? I mean, as I understand it, like, you know, Bentley, you, you guys had like more than 700 SKU. And you guys were doing this for all of them or some of them? Yeah, so we had built a framework. So we do have 700 active products that we sell basically in 2020. That was how many products, SKUs we had. Um, each of those might be assigned to a project, a product manager inside our software group. So let's assume that, you know, of those 700, maybe those roll up to uh, 70 or 100 product managers. Um, each of those products obviously has specific nuances with, with any kind of number of, of attributes and variables and just use cases. But we built a really scalable framework that let the product managers um, build these like sort of self-learning campaigns um, by giving us, you know, different key attributes of like features that were used or criteria, timeframes, behavior, and let them kind of almost through a natural language process kind of enter in these criteria into a form that then built that into a really structured query language that we could apply into these algorithms um, against this telemetry data. And then we would, we would save those as whatever they were doing. We would be able to use that saved um, set of code to track the behavior over time. And then we could reuse those pieces in other areas very, very quickly, very easily. So our pilot took us like maybe eight or 10 weeks to get going with like five product managers and five products. But by the end of the year, I think we had done like 150 different product specific versions of this. So it, it really scaled very well. Wow, that's, 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 that's really amazing. So I guess in every business, right, there's always this question comes is that, how do you justify ROI? You know, the, the investment that you guys made in the system. Yep, absolutely. So, I mean, to start with the investment in this system was very minimal. We used a lot of the cloud-based applications that we already had and just kind of built extensively onto those. So the, the direct cost to us was uh, very low for this, but we were very cognizant that we could only measure the success and the time dedication of people if we could actually count metrics on this. So we were, because we had used this off of telemetry data that we had very clear um, triggers and flags as to what people were doing, we had the, uh, the query somebody wanted us to run, those variables, right? We knew the point in time that we ran it. We knew the people's behavior before and afterwards. So in addition to building this scalable framework that let this scale out nearly infinitely to any number of products and product managers, it inherently built a tracking system into itself that let us track for each campaign, the success rates and the return on that. So we were able to track, like I said, click-through rates and open rates and actual behavior change. Um, and as we got more mature into that, it actually got to track people into leads and opportunities to see if it actually generated sales activity in that go-to-market strategy. So by you know, building that framework, we got lucky. We had spent you know, a decade building this telemetry framework that was so rich in data um, that a lot of this became very extensible on top of that. But we were very careful to track everything that we did as far as what was successful and what wasn't, because obviously we wanna you know, extol the successes and, and say that there was a huge return on the investment, but also if we had failures, we could use those to iterate and be more successful. Oh, that's, that's, that's phenomenal. Is, is, is there any kind of metrics as to what was the ROI percentage, you know, on it? So we didn't get to the point where we had, we had quantified dollars. Um, we were just tracking leads and opportunities um, late in Q3 and Q4 when I had uh, transitioned to my new role um, outside of that company. But again, 
the last metrics we had seen there were something like a 20 time increase in click-throughs and open rates. Um, so somebody in our marketing team could certainly go say, what's our normal ROI on an email campaign? And then just multiply that by 20. Um, and that was just with our initial foray into this. Like those people now are certainly more knowledgeable in what they were doing. We've added to that team, a bunch of resources for automation and data science. Like that has nearly infinite scalability and and just a tremendous runway for profitability. That, that is that is phenomenal. I'm sure after this podcast, you know, many people, you know, who are already thinking about it or will start thinking about, you know, how to build this go-to-market intelligence system and why the investment is worth it. Because forget about, uh, you know, the results, but the ROI is just significant. So if they have any questions for you, what's the best way for them to connect with you? I'm sure people will have questions, you know, who are yeah. trying to figure it out. You know, I love talking about this stuff. So please, if anybody does have questions or wants to reach out, the best way is probably LinkedIn. Uh, my LinkedIn is just Jeff Richardson. Um, you can search for me on there or it's really just LinkedIn slash Jeff Richardson as the profile name. Um, please do not hesitate to connect, reach out, send me a message. I love talking about this stuff. So as, as passionate you are about, you know, this, uh, I'm sure you keep up with a lot of these, uh, you know, stuff happening in the industry, what's happening in the news, uh, apart from being what's happening in, in Washington, D.C., how do you consume your, how do you consume news or how do you consume information related to work? So most recently, I have found that LinkedIn is now doing a really good job at surfacing to me timely and relevant um, recommendations for things to read and people to follow. So I've spent a lot of time going down the LinkedIn rabbit hole of content uh, recently. I also spend a good deal of time networking with folks um, and having conversations with my friends in the industry who obviously share things. They write their own blogs and have their own podcasts and have their own like social channels. Um, but again, even most of that, I, I tend to consume a lot of it through LinkedIn um, and then obviously outside of that, like I read publications like, you know, your Gartner publications and your Harvard business reviews. But as far as like dynamic content, especially when I'm trying to avoid the news, it's mostly LinkedIn. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, are, are there a couple of people you would recommend we bring on this podcast, you know, who are, who are so awesome such as yourself? Yeah. So one of my, my good friends now that I met through doing a different podcast, his name is Dave Mathias. Um, he is a fantastic speaker on everything in the analytics and data space. Um, I would, you know, you'd be very well, well served, uh, getting him on here. Um, I, I can send you his information afterwards. You, you'll, you'll love him. And then from Bentley, um, you know, the, the, the person that I left, uh, in charge of the, the, the go-to-market data analytics kind of segmentation strategy, um, was one of the directors that worked for me in 2020, Makai Smith. Uh, he is fantastic. I'm definitely going to make sure you connect with him. And I think you would get a lot out of talking with my old CIO, who was my boss at Bentley, uh, Claire Rutkowski. All of those people I've, I have learned a lot from, I've enjoyed working with, um, and they're all really well-spoken and I think would do a great job. Well, that's, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Jeff. You know, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for the insights that you shared. What you build is phenomenal. I'm sure our listeners would get a lot of value out of it. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll be in touch with you to learn something more from this. Thanks for being part of the show. I really enjoyed having you on the podcast today. 
Yeah, thank you very much. This has been fantastic. And, uh, you know, again, find me on LinkedIn if you have any questions. But uh, otherwise, stay safe and stay healthy. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers.